Chapter Five of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Five, golden hours. How Haskins reached the Devon Maid that evening he could not tell, for his memory was occupied in recalling every word of that delightful conversation. But in some way he managed to strike a narrow path which led on to the high moors and thence gained the highway, descending into Denley Valley it was rather late when he entered his sitting-room and the rosy hues of the sunset had given place to the shadowy stillness of a summer night supper was waiting for him and almost immediately the negro appeared with a hot dish i thought you were lost sir said geary looking closely at gerald's flannels which were somewhat torn by brambles and smeared with mud oh no answered the young man ready with an explanation since he wished to satisfy the negro's curiosity without enlightening him i have been down the river and up the river in my canoe but i got mixed up with stones and cross currents and blundered in the darkness i therefore hid my canoe in the bushes and came back and you like the river sir asked geary lingering haskins supped his soup and nodded a most charming river he said in a careless voice very quiet very lonely i shall explore it again to-morrow afternoon the negro withdrew quietly and haskins reflected on the persistent way in which the man questioned him more than ever did he mistrust adonis and now with stronger reason for he felt certain that the negro was connected in some way with major rebb who in his turn was assuredly connected with the pixie's house and its inmates if geary discovered that gerald had met with the enchanted princess he might officiously inform rebb when there would be trouble without doubt the major was behaving illegally in shutting up a perfectly sane girl and therefore would not create a public scandal nevertheless if he knew that haskins had penetrated his secret he might remove mavis to another hiding-place gerald could not risk that until he knew more and again had met the girl he looked upon himself as the knight-errant of distressed beauty and it behooved him to be wary in his dealings with a very difficult and somewhat dangerous matter after supper haskins lighted his pipe and seated himself by the open window to think over matters mrs geary entered and removed the remnants of the meal in her dumb way after placing a cup of coffee on a small table at her guest's elbow she withdrew and he was left to his reflections these began with a consideration of mavis's beauty of person and charm of conversation it can thus be guessed that haskins was in love genuinely in love and for the first time in his life as bulwer lytton says there are many counterfeits but only one eros this was haskins experience he had loved in an earthly way many times in his life and several times had mistaken the false for the true a fastidious mind had saved him from the commercial passion of the ordinary man and he had usually approached women in the belief that they were goddesses this was hard on the sex as the attitude exacts too much perfection in a world of temptation consequently gerald had been deceived several times and therefore had guarded himself carefully against the tender passion then he met with charity bird and in common with many another man fell in love with her physical charms but in spite of her beauty which he grew to admire as he would that of a picture haskins failed to find in her the wife and helpmate his exacting nature demanded outwardly charity was all that he could desire but inwardly she was less attractive being matter-of-fact when she was not silly 
she might suit todd but she did not match with gerald so he withdrew with little regret and for some months he had been heart whole and fancy free now in an unexpected and extraordinary way the young man had met with another charity bird more perfect than the original mavis was as beautiful in looks and yet was higher in mind from the strange upbringing to which she had subjected she looked at life what little she knew of it in a poetical way yet judging by her remarks on cooking and embroidering and gardening she had a fund of common knowledge directed by common sense it was too early as yet to pronounce authoritatively on her capabilities and trend of thought but the spiritual power manifested in her personality appealed strongly to the lover who had loved her counterfeit here indeed was the true eros a deity who could be worshipped without disappointment gerald with less reflection than he usually gave to his decisions determined to be a faithful attendant at the shrine of this divinity having thus settled his attitude towards the girl with the impetuosity of a young man and a true lover haskins began to think over miss durham's position in spite of the hideous rumour reported by gary he believed from personal observation that the girl was quite sane reb who was her acknowledged guardian had apparently set such gossip afloat so that no one might comment upon the seclusion of the girl guarded in this way by public fear which had been erected by a lying tale mavis might continue to dwell for the rest of her life amidst the ruins of the pixies house closely watched by the florentine and spied upon in a less degree as gerald shrewdly suspected by geary who was probably a creature of major reb's now the question was this why did reb shut up so pretty and unsophisticated a creature in conventual solitude she had committed no crime and from what little haskins had seen of her she had no instinct which would make her commit one there must be some other reason and a strong one for the odd behaviour of reb this reason haskins determined to learn howsoever much geary and his employer might desire to conceal it also there were other questions to which the young man desired answers why was mavis so similar to charity in looks why had she not been taught to read and write why was geary as haskins verily believed posted at the devon maid to keep his one sinister eye on her gerald could not have sworn in a court of law that the negro was connected in any way with the pixie's house secret but he had an intuitive feeling from the man's behaviour towards major Reb and by his eager statement of a false rumour that in some manner the landlord had to do with the matter haskins therefore placed himself on his guard and by a careless demeanour and apparent frankness he succeeded in lulling geary's suspicions as to his true reasons for postponing his journey to st ives it was geary who could answer at least some of the questions which vexed gerald's soul and he lingered to hear them unfortunately he did not know how to inquire without betraying his secret visit to the pixies house two or three days went by and haskins regularly took his way to the river to seek the fairy palace after that first attempt to navigate so stubborn a stream as the ruddle he used the canoe very little it was easier and more expeditious to take the highway to the moors and then strike into the secret path which led to mother carey's peace pool this haskins did and then would paddle across to the landing-place whence he would gain the summit of the cliff here he would climb the wall to hide behind the beech-tree and hither mavis would come to chatter to her fairy prince as she still continued to call him but owing to the presence of bellaria the young man did not dare to descend into the grounds 
any moment might have brought about discovery had he risked so much for according to mavis the florentine was a keen and restless dragon she's afraid of something said mavis one day when gerald questioned her about the woman i don't know what it is but she is afraid why do you think that because she is always looking over her shoulder with a scared expression and she never sleeps in the same bedroom has she more than one then mavis oh yes there are many many bedrooms in the house and valeria goes to a different one nightly she's afraid of the darkness too and remains always in the house after sundown when she goes shopping in leegarth she returns quite pale and nervous i am quite sure that she is afraid of something but she always gets angry with me when i ask what is the matter curious murmured haskins here is another mystery then he asked aloud how often does your guardian come to you not very often sometimes he is away for months and then will come twice in a week he really is very kind for he always brings me presents i call him santa claus when he does that but oh there is valeria stay here gerald i'll see what she wants as it was early in the afternoon haskins had an excellent view of the florentine who stalked across the lawn almost to the foot of the beach drawn thither by her nursling's answering cry you are always a-sitting on the high branches of that tree said the italian crossly and in most excellent english why do you do that i can see the river and the pool said mavis quickly oh bellaria i wish i was a nymph that i could plunge into the cool water you can do that without being a nymph cara mia but not in the pool below not outside of the grounds your guardian would be angry no english young lady leaves her home until she is a twenty-one haskins smiled when he heard this frightful falsehood bellaria had been well trained by her master and such was the simplicity of mavis that she accepted the limitation of her liberty in all good faith but i shall be so glad when i am twenty-one she complained with a sigh see 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 bellaria placed her hands on her hips and nodded three times emphatically but uh, you will not uh, like the world no ah dio mio the world is a dangerous and evil place and she looked in a scared manner over her shoulder shivering in the warm air the florentine had been a handsome woman tall and dark and of a commanding appearance she was still remarkably straight at the age of fifty-six and carried herself with a defiant air when forgetful of the danger that threatened her whatsoever that might be then she would cringe and wince as gerald had just seen her do her eyes were large and black but the pupils were dilated and she looked like a terrified rabbit apparently the woman had cause to fear some enemy or some punishment for not only were her eyes scared-looking but her plentiful hair was absolutely snow-white this might have been age but fifty-six is not a very great age and the hair might easily have been an iron-gray there was certainly some shadow on her life that threatened disaster and only when she forgot the danger in conversation with mavis did bellaria appear defiant and stately and tolerably young but the very slightest reminder of that past and the past apparently contained the danger referred to and her form dwindled her body bent her eyes grew timid and she aged to seventy as though by enchantment all this might have been fancy on haskins part for he was extremely imaginative but he believed that he had read the woman rightly 
whatever might be the reason bellaria dondi had been frightened into this lonely house there to hide from some appalling danger it appeared that the fit of terror tormented her now and that she had sought mavis's company from sheer dread of solitude quite ignorant of the man up the tree or rather the lover who was seated on the wall bellaria sat near the trunk talking to mavis both the lovers were afraid lest their secret should be discovered but bellaria kept up so loud a conversation and it seemed as though she spoke loudly to reassure herself that the occasional movements of haskins passed unheeded mavis proved herself to be a capable actress despite her simplicity for nothing could have been more artless than her demeanour geary is coming to see me to-night said bellaria after a pause and the observation startled the listener he sent her a message by matthew this was the aged cross gardener of whom mavis had spoken why is he coming questioned mavis major rebb told him to come and see that the young man who is a-stopping at the devon maid has not been a-lurking about here what young man asked mavis coolly i have a-told you a friend of the major's who is stopping at the geary's inn he has a-taken to rowing on the river and might a-find this place i wish he would said the girl truthfully i should like to see a really young man you a will some day bellaria assured her and then you will be a sorry caramia young men are all liars and villains geary wrote to major ebb in london telling about this mr haskins that is the name i believe so the major says that geary has to come over to-night to look round the place and ask me questions so absurd bellaria shrugged her thin shoulders as if any one could come here unless i knew why shouldn't this mr haskins come bellaria because you may fall in love and if you do you may want to marry this man major ribb does not wish you to marry until you have seen the world my dear but i have to wait for another ten months pouted mavis what is that i yes i who speak bellaria dondi shall never see the world again here i am shut up for ever and ever why nanny i have often asked but you never will tell i tell no one the reason why i stop here said the woman sombrely i am a dead to the world and to its people for twenty years i have been dead and it is as well that i should be thought to be dead if they knew if they guessed oh she looked round and shivered if who knew no matter no matter bellaria leaped to her feet all is done with and over i was a famous one scaramia yes behold in me a great singer but you know you know often have i talked to you of my greatness and it was blotted out in a night by hush hush she cast a scared glance over her shoulder and darted into the middle of the lawn bellaria bellaria called out mavis i'll climb the beach again but the woman did not reply she burst out into the shadow song from denora and haskins realized at once what a magnificent voice she must have had even now many of the notes were true though occasionally a high one was cracked and wheezy 
spreading her black skirts she bowed and becked and swept and danced to her shadow in the strong sunlight while her voice fluted high and bird-like through the air thus singing and dancing she re-entered the house her dark hour over for the time being haskins wondered what could be her secret here indeed was a woman with a past but by this time mavis had climbed the tree again and was hurriedly persuading him to go bellaria suspects nothing she said eagerly and after geary comes to-night he won't come again but you must be careful how can i be more careful than i am asked gerald taking her hand come at night she urged come to-morrow night when the moon is high and the fairies come out to dance i am often in the garden on these summer nights for bellaria will not come out and i hate to be mewed up in stuffy rooms she will not think that i am meeting any one and then we can talk without fear of discovery i shall lead you into the other garden through the arch but if bellaria sees me from a window her bedroom is on the other side of the house looking down on to the woods she will not see us and she will never suspect that any one is with me she knows that i love the moonlight and besides she will not dare to come out because of her fear i wonder what that fear is said gerald meditatively i do not know but go now dear prince and come again to-morrow night at ten o'clock to-night you must not come lest gary sees you and if he did oh mavis shivered i don't know what he would do he is a terrible black man and has a horrid knife with a yellow handle a big knife oh so dangerous he brought it from jamaica he told bellaria so he would kill you if he found you i quite believe that said gerald grimly and resolved to arm himself with a revolver when he next came to the pixie's house he was resolved not to die without a fight but don't worry darling i'll be all right good-bye to-morrow night then he dropped from the wall and departed while mavis wailed that he had not kissed her End of chapter five